Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Hi. Hello. Uh, we're back. How are you guys? Um, That's the fucking crack. This is the Schnugcast. After a few weeks of a break, we um, we had a jeez, we had a we had a good few, we had an exciting few weeks there, didn't we? Yeah, it was a bit mad there. Um, the fact that we did a live show with a proper podcaster that sold out. Did you call him a podcaster? No. All right. <laughs> This is not the Arlene Foster podcast. <laughs> but a proper podcaster who does it full time and does it so well. And people came and I asked at the start of the live show, how many here listen to Irish History Podcast? Obviously, most people Actually, shoot their hands up. Maybe we should just give a quick... So we had a live podcast on in Grady's Yard in Waterford. It was the Snowcast, two of us. Yeah. And there was Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast. Yeah. And we were talking about drinking culture throughout the ages um, in Ireland. And it was savage. It went so oh. well. I'm actually, I'm so proud of us. Like. I actually, we, we have the audio. We'll talk about that later on. But I've listened back to it a few times. And we came out of it like being like, oh my God, like 100% insecure about it because we'd never done one before. And I listened back to it. And I tried to listen to it with the cold eye of not someone who was talking in it and actually like it's actually really good like yeah um like Finn like he was just talking to him all day about anything. I wasn't I wasn't nervous until about a minute beforehand. And then yeah. <laughs> and then once then then once we were talking I was fine. I was, uh, it was fun. I thought it was it turned out pretty good then like I tell you this much, the crowd that showed up they Settled me an awful lot because they like were so invested, that, like their facial, but their body language was brilliant. They were engaged. With I know, it. yeah. And actually, I think the venue as well. It was real. Um, it was kind of like a, 
an echoey room. So we had, um, so thanks to Chris Faulkner for sorting us out on our PA system like a week beforehand. Absolutely. Like, we were like, just through a text to my, my mate Chris and he sorted us out. Chris Faulkner of Waiting Spaces and Ghetto Amarillo. Yeah. Two musical, um, two musical Artists. Artists that you should definitely follow on Spotify, you listen to their shit. Yeah. And buy their EP if you can buy it on iTunes. Yeah, iTunes, whatever whatever you can buy it on. What, whatever's the most profitable to Chris. That's <laughs> yeah. you. Well, I think, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, thanks to them. But uh, big shout out, legend. But Chris actually, he was like, oh, my PA system is shit. And it was. We, we had, he had a run through two mixers. It was all crazy kind of stuff. But... The room in Grady's Yard was so good because it was just kind of like equi room, and like in fairness to the crowd, like they kept quiet when it needed to be quiet, and um, but like when there was a bit of laughter and anything going, so good. Like the place was like yeah, like if we ever been with the audio, it'll sound like there was way more people. Than <laughs> than there was. No, no there, we sold out. Like, we sold out. That was I we thought. sold out, and uh, it's like Kevin and Grady's Yard said to me on the night, it wasn't renting crowd. Like yeah, like none of our mates were around. No, none of our they, like. Uh, and, and the only other Chris Faulkner in the world and Evelyn were like two of my mates that showed up um, other than that it was yeah. pe- people listening to Irish History Podcast people are listening to Snowcast and actually people listen to both brilliantly yeah so good um, I couldn't believe how many people there listened to us like and you know I thought I was thinking we're going one of the big boys here like it's just going to be a lot of people who love Irish History like myself and love a pint like myself but have no idea who we are yeah and uh we got a little bit of mini celeb treatment afterwards and everything. Shout out to the boys and the, the girls and all the folks that we met and had a great time with. Um, huge thanks to Grady's Yard, by the way, as well. Yeah, and like, to Finn. And, and to Finn. And Finn. Uh, I think Grady's Yard had never done anything like that before, and we'd never done it, and they took a punt on us. Like they did early when we were just starting out as a podcast. And they backed us, and uh, yeah, fucking walked the treat. And Finn, like, what, what can you say about Finn? Just the guy, like... He goes on Blind Boys podcast. He goes on, he's, gets offers from all these mad big podcasts, and he just comes along and goes for points with us because we're cool. We're in the cool kids group. Yeah, cool. Um, so man. yeah, hopefully we'll have um, a few more of those live events um, done before the end of the year. So we'll let you know when they're happening. We'll be up at Kilkenny Beer Festival on the Craft Beer Festival, Craft Beer Festival on the tenth of. 10th of August Saturday. 10th of August yeah. um, so if anyone wants to come down we're not doing a we're not doing a big live event or anything like that but no. we'll just be there so if you want to so co- chill out and meet yeah. us like. Costello's Brewing follow them on social media for updates uh, they're having an open day in the brewery um, so on a Friday night they're in the hole in the wall in Kilkenny which is a brilliant spot yeah um, somewhere that you might find us having pints of Finn on the odd day <laughs> yeah um, it's a great spot the hole in the wall is amazing, and they're doing a, a like historic a history of brewing and Kilkenny thing on Friday night. Um, on Saturday they're having an open day in the brewery, and on Saturday night they're doing like pizzas and pints. I think somewhere in Kilkenny, the details. Ger- Gerald Costello will put the details up on their social media, I'm sure. And then they're having something else on Sunday, but uh, we're going to go to the open day in the brewery and hopefully have a chat with Gerald and make an old podcast. That would be fairly interesting. Savage. Uh, so speaking of historic events, right? Made of mine, Alan Corcoran, swam the entire length of Ireland. He swam from the Giant's Causeway all the way to Tremor and Walford. Like 500 kilometers swim. It took him 51 days, I think, to swim the entire length of Ireland. 
and like I think it was well it was 51 days but like there was days out of those 51 days there were some days where he couldn't go because yeah. of weather or Obviously. like whatever but like oh my god that's still 10k swimming a day on average yeah it was insane I can't swim 100 meters no he was like there was some like I think he's I think at the start his goal was like 4 hours a day of swimming and then but, but then at the end he was kind of trying to catch up with some because of some of the things some of the days that went alright um, so like there were some days that he was swimming six hours and then there were some days then I think where he could have been going a bit longer then uh, but to um, to like catch up and he was doing a morning session and then a nighttime swim as well like and I think again like that thing is so dependent on your support crew um, the tides the weather the everything tide, the tidal like he had to, like he had to swim like with a with like a flashing beacon on him at night sometimes because the tides were only like right then for him to swim like so insane fair foxy Alan um, that's amazing like and well, yeah, I think like air backed him air backed him so he's so he was on the TV with air so he's doing this for the Irish um, Heart Foundation and he's also doing it in support of the Solace Centre in Waterford so if you want to donate it's a really really good cause um, you can text stroke to 50400 or you can um, go on to marathonman.co. Is it, yeah, 32 Marathonman, is it? 30. 30, sorry. <laughs> well, no, sorry. So, sorry. He was, sorry, he was 35, um, he was, he did 35 marathons in 35 days there uh, about four years ago, I think. Um, he ha- tried to swim the length of Ireland two years ago, um, but his boat sank uh, just before he reached the Republic of Ireland, so he had to abandon the whole thing. Um, but he's done it this time so yeah so it's uh, the website is marathonman.co um, so yeah that's brilliant man. Can't, so like, well well deserved clink, clink, of the, clink of the clink glass of the glasses and I mean uh, like we give we give people shout outs for some fair stupid fucking things so that's something that actually genuinely warrants a shout out and their causes that warrant a shout out as well yeah so yeah really good um so, speaking of sports and sports stars like Alan, right? DJ, you came to me with this topic tonight, right? So, I might, I might let you explain it, right? Because it, it, this is top drawer. Like, actually, when you said it to me, I was just like, oh my God, you're fucking right. Like, go for it. So, there is a condition that afflicts everyone in Ireland all year round. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And every single one of us is touched by it. Mm. And that is seasonal sports disorder. So, explain what it is first, because I, I think I might have a little bit of contentious issue with your definition of it there. But you tell me what, what, what it is. Right, we'll debate it out. So yeah. We never actually had this discussion at all at any no. stage in our lives. However... You take the last couple of weeks in Ireland. We have the year, the yearly uh, event that is Wimbledon, that's mm. all over Teddy's free to air, mm. uh, and it's basically the only free to air. That and Roland Garros are on TG Cahir in Ireland, the Irish speaking, the Irish language um, TV station. So on every single television screen in Ireland, tennis is played for one like two weeks, yeah. two seg- segments all within like fucking six weeks of each other yeah so that is tennis season where everyone all of a sudden becomes an expert in tennis yeah. and even the passing fan can tell you the difference between 
the effect that topspin will have on a tennis ball on a clay court versus a grass court and why Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal are the greatest sportsmen ever to live. Yeah. You, as a doppelganger for Novak Djokovic, will definitely contend that. Congratulations, by the way. No problem. Um, but I was I on all the points the night before, but yeah. managed to managed to sneak it against Federer. And obviously, golf is huge in Ireland, right? That's yeah. without, like obviously to have had the success at golf that we have had. Mm. You know, it doesn't come without being a huge sport in Ireland, um, and it has a huge following as well. But then Shane Lowry wins the Open, which we'll come on to in even more detail later on. But then all of a sudden, everybody knows they're pitching wedge from their mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, it's, it's, shoot. it's like it's, it's like the one weekend the Monaco Grand Prix is on everyone is like yeah. an expert on Formula 1 yeah um, then coming into back the soccer starting up again yeah so all of a sudden the new Man United Liverpool and Arsenal kids will start showing up around the place and then the odd Man City fan yeah uh, so you have like this season sports disorder is where depending on what is being presented in front of you to the TV. Now, it probably is dampening down a bit because of social media and the fact that you can illegally stream anything at any time, mm. anywhere. But to say, for example, our generation now, like when we were young chaps, early teens, this time, like two weeks ago, all you have on the telly during the day is the tennis. Mm. So what do you do? You find the cheapest tennis racket you can. You get your mum to go in and get three Dunlop tennis balls. And you go to your backyard and you get deck chairs and cushions and bicycles and make tennis nets out of them. Ah, stop. Like the childhood, like. The imagination. The childhood, though, was literally the most seasonal. Like, I think that's when you're at your peak nearly there. Well, absolutely. It's it's like augmented and it actually, seasonal sports disorder goes on the decline as you get older. Mm. That's mainly because you're not exposed to like, like, for example... Do you remember watching beach soccer on Eurosport? Yeah, of course I do. Eric Cantona played it. Yeah. Madness. It was so good. That was Exactly. That was amazing. But that was on when you were on the summer holidays from school. Yeah. Was it on when you were in school? Who knows? Because you didn't have access no. to television. No. Do, do you I, know what I mean? I, probably not, like, you know. Say, probably not, because it, it was not the summer <laughs> as well. <laughs> but you get the point that I'm making, like. Yeah. Uh, seasonal sports disorder, like, in the, in the, all of a sudden, then the depths of winter. And the Winter Olympics are on, and everyone is a fucking sh- slalom. 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's a shout out for our Jewish listeners. Lachayim. Let's not get into Israel and Palestine. We're not that kind of podcast. Uh, <laughs> everyone's an expert in the slalom and the skiing and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every four years, then, everyone's an expert on the 100 metre sprint oh stop and everyone is a second cousin twice removed of Sonia Sullivan yeah and and she'll be all shot ourselves yeah <laughs> every single one of us the man that says he hasn't or the woman that says she hasn't is a liar no and um, you know I'm always I, you know I, when you're bringing up athletics there now right I'm always um, I'm always a, a, an expert on um, general relay you know, yeah. you're like, sure, you just put out, you know, there's, you put out the hand, there has to be a technique, like, you can't be fucking waving the thing you, around, like, and you, you know? have to be, have the momentum built up. Yeah, 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 you can't you be. You can't just stand and wave. No, or, yeah, you can't be, yeah, or you can't be legging it either, you know, oh, like, they're wrecked at the end. The chap has to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, what I was going to say about this, your season, right, so, actually, after you've explained it now, I thought your, the best point you made there was, 
it's what is presented to you the best as in the TV like say big especially like coming back say soccer season now right everyone's a huge fanatic at the start of the season on transfer day you know coming towards the end but like you know middle of November who's 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 the big expert yeah. then like you but, know? Say, but say you're a United fan right yeah and say what could fees be happen with Solskjaer and all that if he if it goes away the last 10 games of the season went for United yeah they could be fucking 10th after in, in November having only won 4 games she would no fucking interest in no wouldn't be watching that shite like. would, would no but like you, do you know if they were out the backyard you'd close the curtains <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> but yeah I think I think that's very good again like and, but, but that's what Sky and stuff live off yeah. isn't it like you know that, like you know a fucking derby day and you know super, like there's being up super Sunday I know, you know like six Wolves and fucking West Ham on fucking but super the, Sunday you know, like, well, the point I make is like the biggest the biggest example of this in Ireland apart from Wimbledon is the Six Nations yeah. Rug, rugby union right the most Tory British sport there is besides cricket or water polo no not the regular polo or shagging pigs the horse polo or well listen <laughs> let's allegedly leave David Cameron out this <laughs> but anyway the point I'm trying to make on it is is like Six Nations comes around and everyone's like oh Jesus like rugby is great and the technicalities of the breakdown at the scrum and I just wouldn't have fucking clue what that means but if you say it in a pub you sound intellectual about it yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden the whole country if Ireland going well the whole country is rugby experts yeah. and Twitter is a blast if Ireland news of Scotland and Wales and back to back weeks then no one gives a flying fuck yeah. and Joe Schmidt's a pariah and all this you know you're like yeah. come off it will and, you and, and sure why isn't Simon Zebo playing mm. do you know what's this rule and, and oh yeah if Simon Zebo was from Leinster he'd be playing Johnny Sexton went off to France and he was left playing yeah yeah sure where was he when they won the fucking Six Nations the year before like do you know it was in, everyone has their own everyone gives their own take um, um, but that's what I mean like season sports disorder Everyone has it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. everyone. But so like, I, I, what I was going to say at the start there when I said I disagree with you, but I actually, I actually do agree with you on the whole, right? But I was saying it's definitely augmented um, when your main sport, so say we're both um, football fans, right? Yeah. So football is off over the, the summer, apart from when you know, World Cups or Euros are on or whatever, yeah. right? And it works really well for me because hurling and Gaelic football are on during the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think that if something is held in the months whereby um, your sport, your primary sport is off air, right? Then you're, it's even more so augmented that seasonal sports disorder. Yeah. You become you become more of a Shane Lowry fucking golf fan. You know, you, become, you, get, you get more into it. Like if, say yeah. if that was on now, like say, say at the end of May or April, say if the, if the, the Open was on there at the end of that, like, you wouldn't be as glued to it now as, the, yeah, as you would if, be. If the Champions League final was on the same again. Exactly, yeah. But the flip side of that as well is, right, um, I found, being a Liverpool fan, that seasonal sports disorder is the kind of thing that affects you, that sometimes you need to take a break from it. And I found Liverpool, like, going to the last day of the season to win the league for the first time in my lifetime and winning the European Cup actually meant that I have, I've listened to about two sports podcasts all summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two soccer podcasts, sorry. Like, I've been really invested in the golf. Yeah. Um, I've been, actually, I haven't been invested as much as I usually am in the hurling and stuff, but, like, I've really been interested in the golf. Um, and I watched a good bit of the tennis and stuff simply because I was emotionally drained from soccer 
it's the same with everything in life. Like, do you know, if you have a big, massive thing going on at work, when that's finished, say you have a big project in whatever your work is. Yeah, yeah. Or you have a big, like, uh, job being done. When that job is done, you're like, right, I need a fucking repeat from this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I need just a bit of mon- mundane, ordinary working for a couple of weeks. Especially like the running, say to the like the end of the season there, yeah. like it was just full on, like every, like you know everyone was still going for it. You know where some years it's like shirts, you know it's one fucking five games like left to spare or whatever, like you know so yeah. just, there's not that much. Whereas this one, like you don't even have a break until the end of May there, and then you have Champions League final. And you look at the parallel in the music scene, like you know fans will record an album and then they leave it to producer to finalize it and stuff like that. Yeah, like they need that lag time before they go on tour. I know, and then yeah. when they go on tour and they finish tour like most bands don't fucking start recording again straight away yeah you wouldn't like no you should be better for it <laughs> <laughs> they just need to go for a few points how long of it yeah do, do you know what we haven't talked about yet though oh. we've forgotten the intro oh. where are you what are you drinking oh my god we're this rusty. We're rusty, yeah. We're, ru- we're too used to this live show stuff where people know where they are because they are there with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know what we're drinking because they're looking at us. God, how did it even come into your head? Um, I don't know. I just heard the boys playing snooker in the background there and I was like, this is lovely background noise. Um, the so, audio files won't like it, but we love it. So we're in a pub that we've never, ever recorded in before. It's the oldest pub in Waterford. Um, 1797. Yeah. Um, Henry Downs's. Um, how... We know it primarily is because they had a squash court up the back of the pub. So you traipse through the pub, which are squash gear, and a pair squash of shorts, racket, yeah, rack, racket the lot, up through the pub and into the squash court. And uh, I still have my loyalty card in the wallet as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this pub is proper character. Old tables, old chairs, old kind of kegs and everything. Bits They've of wood hanging off the bits wall. Bits of wood, beams running on the ceiling. Battles. There's a beautiful snooker table in the back there. Um, and we have, there's kind of like hunting photos and stuff around. Like It's so there, a proper old kind yeah. of... There's a photo on the side of us here, right? And it's all faded. But it's actually from Punchestown back in the day. It's a hunt, is it? Yeah. Or is it a No, race? it's a cup. Um, from 1872. The Con- Cunningham Cup, 1872, wow. and the reason why this these um, this equine art and stuff like this and this 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 stuff is in here is because this pub is owned, if I'm not mistaken, by the De Bromhead family. Oh, so Henry De Bromhead and his family, I believe, owned the pub. Owned this pub. I could be completely wrong on that now. I look, sure look. But I fully believe that's the truth. Look, we'll say it anyway. So we've got, and, and you can see actually, the horses are lipping over. Like, do you know the fences you see now in the Grand National? You think that's fucking mad. Like, how yeah. did they do that? They're actually jumping over a big massive ditch with two dikes at their side. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know? It's actually mad. Um, now, the only one issue I'll have with this is there was a Union Jack in the background in this picture. But I suppose in 1872 we still had the tans ruling over us. That's true. Um, so. What are you drinking tonight, DJ? I'm on um, something that routinely enough shows up every couple of months on this uh, podcast because it's a classic. We're on the Blacks of Kinsale KPA, uh, the 5% Kinsale Pale Ale, uh, a good bit of Cascade hop in there, so there's a nice bit of hoppiness to it. But there's a good, there's, like, the thing that I love about KPA is it's the right balance you want. You get the hop, but then there's a lovely sweet maltness to balance it out, so it's a proper balanced American style pale ale. Yeah, it's nice. Like it's. it's I don't know. It's it's um, it's it's drinkable. It's flavoursome, but it's not overly. 
I don't know, like floral or overly, you know, there's nothing, like it's, yeah. a, it's you know, it's a, it's a lovely beer, you know. It's, it's, especially the way, like, it's really uh, humid in Waterford at the moment, but it's not terribly sunny, so it doesn't have a massive summer feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a pale ale for all seasons. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've been drinking lately a lot of very summery, fruity, fruity ales that are just yeah. pure citrus, pure fruit, yeah. pure juice, that, yeah. and there's not much maltness to them then, and there's not... Say they're not they're they're absolutely amazing, but they're not balanced. You wouldn't call them balanced in terms of your mm. palate to get a bit knobby about it. But the KPA is only balanced because the, the the initial hot kick, the maltness, malt yeah. sweet finish. And um, I think I made that point in our first YouTube video, like uh, that we highlighted it in. It's just a fucking amazing drink to drink, like um, a pale ale for all ages, all seasons, like I said. And uh, I came in, I had a look at the board, and like it's it's one of them things. There's a couple of things that I always look straight for when I go somewhere that I haven't really drank craft beer because uh, the last couple of times I'd have been in Henry Downs having a pint would have been a couple of months before we did this podcast mm. um, started off doing a snowcast and before I really I always would have looked out for a craft beer but I would have went for the more you know commercially known ones and uh, I never would have ha had it in here whereas now KPA Citra Pale Ale by Yellow Belly and I'll always look for an old one or two, see if see if Rascal's Rate Degrees got something on. Uh, it's just, just what my eye goes for now. And uh, once I saw KPA, I didn't even look at the rest of the board to see what else is on. Straight, straight into the glass. Dip my wicker straight into Kinsale. So, I'm on a, I'm on a commercially available beer. And it's a pint of plain. It's your only man. Sometimes it is your only man. man. Uh, yeah, point of Guinness there, Guinness glass. Sure, what more can you say? Like it's, it's smooth. Like actually, the the one thing you can say about a point of Guinness, right, is that it's highly dependent on the pub that you're in. Yeah. Like it is literally, like, it's literally like the variation between points of Guinness is like crazy. Like you can have you can have like a beautifully smooth one you can have kind of like a bubbly like too much like nitro kind of too aerated yeah, yeah one and then you can have one that's just completely gone off in the tap as well like and that's absolutely stagnant like you know but like so sometimes when you get a really bad point of Guinness the, the glass will have no head coming down it yeah and it'll just, it'll just be full of sediment at the bottom of the glass yeah um, this is a beautiful point though like you know as in I think the main thing though is make sure it's flowing. Yeah, it's the main thing. Neil's father, right, is a Guinness man through and through. That's his drink, is a pint of Guinness, right? But there are certain pubs he goes into and orders a pint of Smithwick's. I mean, they say to him, You're not having a pint of Guinness, Tom. Couldn't drink Guinness in this place. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like the biggest insult he could give you. Yeah. And the pub. I couldn't drink Guinness in your pub. Yeah. And he's the disdain in his eyes when he says it. Yeah, sure, he's right though. Like, it is. Um, it's, it's almost like the litmus test for a good pub yeah. to an awful lot of Irish men yeah. is how's your Guinness? And this, and this one is a peach now. It's lovely. Um, so, look, sure. Before I go, speaking yeah. of peach, right? Yeah. I had a passion fruit and peach cobbler. No, I had a passion fruit and peach pale ale out of the can on Sunday night by Bally Kilcavan. Mm. 6.5% now did not taste like 6.5% it was amazing that's the danger isn't it like, that's the danger 
It was the thing turned it in, whatever. And fruity pale ales, like, they're fucking, some of them can be really sneaky, like. And it wasn't, there was no, like, there was no sourness to it all, no, it was lovely. It was really well balanced, so to give it a shout out to that as well, because I had that during the week there, it was lovely. And I don't drink at home, but Sunday I had a lip on me. I texted you, but you were in bed, because you had a heavy weekend. <laughs> I had a very heavy weekend. But yeah, just then. Um, Actually, shout out to my heavy weekend. I was on that. Uh, <laughs> I was up in uh, Dublin and I was on, um, I was, I, like actually, thing about, where was I in Dublin? I was in this place called the Camden Exchange on Camden Street in Dublin and it was 6.70 or 6.80 for a pint there, right? Ridiculous. Um, but I got um, one of the rascals called Hoppy Days in there and it was fucking delish. It was actually scarily delish. Like I think yeah. that's why I had such a heavy weekend, like because I was plowing through them, like you know. Um, but yeah, shout, shout out to them. I, like it was, it, it had a lovely like um, sweet um, kind of like citrusy finish to it as well. And yeah, I I could could have I did drink it all night. I, I yeah. was gonna say I could have drank it all night. I did drink it literally all night long. But it was a lovely weekend as well. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was really Dublin nice. Dublin was a nice day. Like you just all you want is juicy hops. Yeah, oh, so all you want is juicy hops. It was a, oh, it was a thirtieth birthday that I just went all out for. Beautiful. That's what you need sometimes, you know. No, you need it. You need yeah. to. There's no need to be fucking pussy footing around sometimes, you know. Sometimes, I think it's all in the planning as well, though. Do you know? As in tonight we're coming out, we're having say the two or three drinks or whatever, right? Whereas, like some nights then. You know, if you plan it and you go, I'm gonna have a you know a few waters thrown in or whatever, but like I'm gonna do the dog on it. You know, it's a big meal as well. We went for a, we went for this um, this uh, what's it called? It's kind of like Middle Eastern meal beforehand. It was all like hummus and, and shit, hummus and falafel yeah. and shit. That's but, they'd be lovely and there'd be good sockets and the breads in them. Oh, it would be, yeah, yeah. But anyway, right, sure look, we'll uh, we'll give her a break there now. We'll. Empty the bladders we'll and head we'll, off. We'll fill up the glasses and we'll be back to you with some more. Actually, we'll tell you a funny story about a bladder emptying story in a during our live podcast there. Right, good luck. God bless. Find yourselves now. We'll be back in a second after a word from our sponsors or a musical instrument of some sort. <laughs> Lang Johnson, you dirty, dirty Nellies. It's me, Blind Bay, and I'm here giving my seal of approval to the bays. They've been well biased, and they're here, good, good feeling bays, to bring the jays of the pub to eat bays and girls. Not to be gender specific to you there, let me tell you about another I saw once in a squirrel in the wood. And no, I want, I want this, I want to delve off now into the side lane. They're good boys. Nice one. Thank you. So one gets this pint of Guinness there now. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the background here with a plastic bag on my head because I'm a clown. A lovable clown. Oh, Lang Jansen. <laughs> I love it though. Keep her going. Support the Snowcast on Patreon. They'll tell you the details later. This is Blind Boy. Be good to the bees and the squirrels and the otters. You uh, may or may not have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> never shut up. Thanks, William, there, blind boy. <laughs> Thanks, uh, you goal. 
for that uh, for that uh, beautiful endorsement of um, the Snowcast. Um, but on a semi-serious note, right? But definitely not serious whatsoever. On the right? least serious note of the night. <laughs> yeah, right. We're so, talking about serious sports, seasonal sports effect. I know. This is I, I'm like, I can't even say it. We, like, yeah. We should set up a charity for it, the seasonal sports disorder. Do you know somebody affected by seasonal sports well, disorder? Do you know someone with SSD? For just five euro. For <laughs> <Yeah>. cinco euros. <laughs> yeah. You can support one of your friends and family in need. Tu has a support. Una de esa familia y dos. Text snog, too. <laughs> P-I-N-T. That's 555 P-I-N-T. Um, anyway. Get on with your goal. <laughs> <Right>. Anyway. <laughs> we're, we're trying to think, right? Who would embody the snowcast as an endorsement for us, right? So I said, I'm going to put it out, right? We need one, uh, we need one um, artist, so musical artist, right? We need one entertainer so I suppose musical entertainer or not musical sorry uh, movie TV yeah comedian entertainer right one I, think, of those I think comedian it should be a separate ca- category because I've right. got someone in mind alright okay just because it gives someone in mind and, yeah and uh, and then a sports personality as well so we need we need this is going to be official This we are going okay. to reach out to these people right to, we're going hard at them like, so hard, hard at them we're going to get both the Snowcast social media profiles and our personal media profiles blocked by all of these people. And um, we'll obviously get our agent onto yeah. these people, you know. Our, our personal agent. Sonia <laughs> Norwan. Yeah. We're just each other's agent. Oh, by, by the way, before we go on with this, do you know what's happening today? What? Asha's getting married. Sonia's sister. So shout out to all the Norwans. You beautiful, delectable Indian-Canadian bastards. We love you. Fair play to the boys. Um, but yeah, so straight away, I'm going straight in with sport before we go anywhere else. There's only one man that embodies the spirit of the snowcast in sport. Nobody comes even fucking close. Yeah. And he's obviously been the main man the last couple of weeks. But I would have said this, I would have said this two months ago. I would have Tiger said this a year Woods. ago. I may embody you in your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it has to be Shane Lowry. Like, yeah. Has to be. If, if you haven't seen the videos of Shane Lowry celebrating, what have you done with your life? So, for anybody who doesn't know, Shane Lowry is a golfer who has won the Open, as it's called, or the British Open. The champion uh, golfer of the year. Uh, and he won it on Irish soil. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he had an absolutely dominating performance. Like, he went out, smashed it every single day, hit a course championship record um, for Portrush. He had 63, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, won it by six shots for the first time since Louis Hughes' taste in, I don't know, 2013 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had, fifth I think Irishman he, ever to win it. I think he had the lowest ever 54 holes yeah. so the first three rounds. He'd he did, ever that's correct. Um, not only that then, but he went on to celebrate in true Snugcast style, singing absolute belters in his local, in, in some pub in Dublin until whatever time then went to his local ga club for the homecoming and went on the Raz and was pictured today having a pint with the Claret Joke next to him beautiful pub. 
I just want to interrupt there for one second, right? So we're in Downs' pub, right? There's boys there beside us who are playing uh, snooker. snooker there for uh, the last, let's say, hour, right? Or 40 minutes, I would, I, I would have a wager, I would bet the last 40 minutes. Because they were playing away, and as they're playing away, there's a timer on the light. So you, you, you play by the lights on the, on the, on, on the table, it's right? It's a classic system. Right, so you pay for your lights, your light above the table. So the boys were just playing there, about to hit a shot. <laughs> the lights go off after 40 minutes. They go up, put the next pound down. Yeah, the lights come back on. The boys are big golf fans as well because we're speaking about Shane Nowley. Because when you were in the toilet, mm. I overheard them say talking about the golfers. Like, mm. and they were, I'd say they must have been at the open the way they're talking. And I heard one of the best comments about a sports person I've ever heard in my life. They were talking about John Ram, the Spanish golfer. Yeah, and the boys says. Jeez, and he's big for a Spaniard. <laughs> Brilliant comment. He is embarrassed though. He is, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I've never seen him in person, but he looks big on telly. Yeah. Um, Shane Lowry just embodies everything Stonecast is about because he's like fucking a golfer at the peak of his game, mm. but yet he still loves a point. Yeah. Um, and a local point. And a tune as well. And like. a tune. He loves a tune, like. I'd say I'd say he'd get a few yarns out of a fiddle. Him singing fucking feels Vatten right there, like mm. up on up on top of the table, brilliant kind of stuff. Like Th- those celebrations, because there was kind of like a bit of like not not backlash, but people were kind of saying it's a whole like oh uh, golf is a respectful blah 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 sport, like you know, and you're like shove that up your hole now, right? He's uh, he's after winning this joke. And he's gonna celebrate like a mad bastard that he deserves yeah. to celebrate for. He's out training like fucking every hour of the day, every other day of the year, right? Like, can you not just let these people enjoy let it? Let them like, enjoy you know? the success. Yeah. Like, pe- but like, and, pe- and he's actually bringing like it's not even like let him enjoy it. He's bringing every other Irish person in with him as well yeah. to enjoy it as well. And like, like as you said, the local GA club, fucking Con- whoever else. Contrasted the public reaction when Tiger won the Masters, and mm. people were like, "Oh my God, look at him actually enjoying it. He's smiling. It's the most we've ever seen him smile and laugh, mm. and it's the most personality he's showing. Isn't yeah. it great?" Shane Lowry shows the most personality a golfer might have ever shown when they won mm. a tournament, and then like, and even at that, you see, um, I, like, I'm not going to name check him because he's a gobshite. There's a certain unionist mem- member of parliament from a certain unionist party that I don't particularly see eye to eye with. Tweeted, uh, he shouldn't be singing these songs, it's a disgrace. He was singing The Fields of Atten Right, and he, he was on about The Fields of Atten Right, which is mm. actually not a song about revolution or revolt or um, the IRA or anything. It's mm. actually a song about a man being imprisoned because he stole corn that Charles Trevelyan was importing out of Ireland during the famine. So just going to show how to, how to touch that particular individual is. Uh, and then everyone just absolutely nailed it. One Twitter was brilliant. However, Shane, what a fucking man. He, but he's, st- he's still on it today. And I would be too if I won the Open. I oh. wouldn't give a fuck if I was playing at the... Uh, I wouldn't give a fuck if I was playing at the Jimson Invitational. Down, I know. Down in the old Hedekin Sale that weekend. I wouldn't go. I'd be still on it. Actually, speaking of Twitter accounts, right? Do you know what's an excellent... Twitter account is Ian Paisley MP. That is the junior one. The yeah, the black one. The black one. The black one, not his actual one. Obviously, it's so good. Like that, because there was a tweet up at. How, the, how dare you raise a trail color in yeah Port Rush? Port Rush. So that's a, a that's an amazing amazing uh, account. It's, par- it's, it's a parody it's, account on right. It's a parody account on right, and it just triggers 
the right people like you know just yeah. oh, it's so good because what I what I found absolutely hilarious was the amount of people that didn't realise it was a parody account as well because they, well, like he's me. not got the official tick next to him because Twitter for um, desktop has changed I think some people aren't sure what the boutique is supposed to look like on desktop anymore so you see people being like get on this knob and all this stuff like yeah it. but like even even like even like not every MP has a, a blue tick. Yeah. Like, so you can't like you know it, the, the blue tick system is a bit like we should have obviously. Oh, we, we should, should totally have, have a blue tick. People get on Twitter. Get on to Twitter <laughs> to give us a blue tick. I, I know That's that our we, biggest have, camp. we have to do something about it. I think we have to like submit proof that we are actually the snowcast. Mm. I don't know how we do that. Well, well, just, I, I, just it tells us, us. Yeah, I think we just need to picture like, with also the point. Like I suppose. That's that's you know. And the mic's on, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Nobody else do that, send that picture in. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't try to her. Yeah. No, um, but Shane Lowry is the golfer. So moving on then, right? right. Let's yeah. move on. I'm, ag- I'm agreed on that. Because yeah. like, that's, that's not even up for debate. Like, no. I mean, there's not another sports person besides Tiger Woods. <laughs> We've an interesting report of golfers. Actually, do you know who I'd say would be good on the old snowcast as well, from a sports point of view? Um, would be one of the old school lads from the old football days where they used to go for a pint before the matches oh who was who like one of the like, boys like uh, I'm not saying Graham Souness because he's a bit of a grumpy bastard yeah, but no. when they played the, the European Cup final in Rome against Roma they went on the Raz in Israel for a week beforehand and yeah. the Roma were like doing high altitude training maybe like Brian Clough or someone like he'd be oh, he was a bit of a hard ass maybe like um, someone who didn't take themselves too seriously like Phil Neal or someone or mm, yeah. someone of that vintage would be a good sports ambassador for us I reckon Terry or, McDermott do you know who would be good he's not, of that, uh, he's not of that era right but maybe like Jimmy Bullard oh he'd be great yeah 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 he'd be great he's a bit over Brit though <laughs> um, do you know who would be ideal who Phil Babb <laughs> Phil Babb yeah or McAteer would be great crack I'd say. yeah yeah uh, uh, or Paul McGrath maybe not <laughs> no he would he, he's a sound man though yeah so there's some good but Shane Lowry is a man at the moment yeah he is um, and right, so, so, what, so comedian I think we would have some crack with Deirdre O'Kane yeah yeah no she's we saw her did we see her at EP there or yeah yeah, she was. She's a total milf as well. Like, um, she's amazing, amazingly funny. Um, um, who else now would I would I put? But see, we're big fans of Dermot and Dave as well. In fact, yeah. we we messaged Dave Moore once when we were in Kilkenny, <laughs> and he had like a he had like a big live show that night. And we were like, "Do you want to meet us for a pint?" And actually, in fairness, and we got back, back to, to us. us. Right, and big was just like, message. That was nice. Yeah. Sorry, guys, we're really busy. Maybe the next time. So yeah. they're coming to Waterford now in October. We might get on to them. Yeah. Go for a point with the boys. Right, okay. So this is TV, movie, not... Com- di- oh, wait, sorry. Are we on comedians now? Or are we on... Um, no, Deirdre O'Kane, I think, is the right answer. So are you... Tommy Tiernan would be a good crack. So, but you said at the start there, you said, I think comedians should be their own category. Yeah. So we're on comedians here at the moment. Right, let's go comedians. Comedians, okay. Let's, talk, let's flesh it out, right? I think... Big show for Deirdre O'Kane. Dermot and Dave would be a good... I think me, you, Dermot and Dave would be a great session for a night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also think Tommy Tiernan would be some crack. Yeah. 
He might be a bit. He, he, might, he, he gets might, very philosophical. I think a drink might rob, might, Yeah, he might. And a, and a drink might afflict him the wrong way. He might get very deep mm. and emotional. The wild card I'm throwing in there is Daryl O'Brien. Yeah, no, he's he'd be good. Like I think it, it, it's just because it's like Finn, right? Finn is so knowledgeable, but has like, the crack. Has the crack, right? And that's I think that's the same as well with Daryl O'Brien. Like you know, as in. He's an absolute genius, right? But would take a bit of crack out of it as well, like, you know? I think what we'll do is we'll take the people that we've named and we'll do a Twitter poll later on. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. And our followers on Twitter can... In fairness, the followers on Twitter are some for voting in Twitter polls. They yeah. voted me off Candy Crush. Yeah, <laughs> that was well needed. Thank you. Yeah. That's a big shout. Big that, thanks. Neve thanks you. I yeah. thank you. I've started to get sleep again. I thank you as well. I, I, I went from like level two hundred to level five hundred and fifty in like a week. And like before the live show, I was like, I'll just have a quick game of Candy Crush. And you were like, What level you want? I was like five hundred and thirty. You were like, What is wrong with you? That's not even the the issue. That the was issue, the issue was that you had to go for a game of Candy Crush before our first ever life. I just show. need to shoot up a game of Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. Get it in my face. I wasn't even addicted to the sugar because it's electronic sugar. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, so we put we put that on Twitter for a Twitter poll. Right. Okay. So, Grant, that's comedians done, sports done. We're going to go on to TV and um, movie personalities. Right. right. So, I'm going to throw out there. Early on, someone who I think would be great crack, but would be a mad night out, and you wouldn't know what we'd catch him. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte? Who's Nick Nolte? Did you ever see 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy? For, no. Oh. I'll, I'll look him up. Right, Nick Nolte is in. He, so he's this guy. Oh, I know. Yeah, you I know, know him now, no, yeah. No, no, so anyone, anyone listening to this who doesn't know who Nick Nolte is, look him up and you'll probably recognise him off TV. He's in 48 Hours and another 48 yeah. Hours of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And it's, he's in Warrior two, as well. He's yeah. Sorry. They are two of my dad's favourite films. So growing up, when I, do you know when you're like a young chap and the mother is out for the night with the, the aunt? Yeah. So the father is like, gets you a bag of chips in and they're like, right, we'll watch a movie and he puts on like 48 Hours and Eddie Murphy's talking about titties and you're like, Twelve, so you're like, <laughs> this is brilliant, Nick Nolte, like, and he's got the raspy voice as well. And I'd say he'd shove a few whiskeys down his gob. I have an answer. Go on, Brendan Gleeson. Oh yeah, I think that's that's just gonna be. He'd be profound. He'd be profound, like you know. And he'd be crack. Yeah, I think so. He's like, brilliant in the guard. He's brilliant in everything, like, like the, oh, the guard. What that? I think. I think the guard could be possibly one of my, f- possibly the f- my favourite opening scene of a film ever, where it's like... I'm having a flashback, I think you mentioned this on the podcast think, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, just to me... When no, I think I, I think I did mention on a podcast before, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's, the, that's quality. Um, in Bruges. In Bruges. Amazing. Mad Eye Moody. Amazing. Um, just everything he's ever been in. And Dolan's not a bad actor himself. No, he's good. He's after getting some traction as well, like that. Yeah. Start, like, fucking, he's after picking up in Star Wars as well. Like, um, um, Right, who else? Like, do you know who I think now? I'm going to go for movies, not for music with him. Because I think he's, like, he's, some of his movie roles are actually stuff that I loved. Jamie Foxx. I'd love a few pointings with him. Yeah. I love the way he talks, the way he did. Like, I love his... 
um, delivery of sentences. There's just a, the rhythm that he speaks with is, yes. is there's a great melody to it. And also, I'd say if you've got a few points in him, he talk, he, he, just talking to be amazing. Uh, his, his role in Jarhead was one of my favourite acting uh, I've ever seen. He's fucking brilliant in it. Who, who would you... Who do you think, right? I know we're, I'm kind of jumping the gun here, right? But who do you think would... Who do you think you would hate to be a, a Snowcast endorsement? Right? Seth Green. Yeah. I don't even have to think... I just... He'd I wreck your head, hate. wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, Seth Green. Um, who else? Um, Colin Firth. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say Colin Firth now would be all right now in the points. No, Seth Green though. Who's the other fella from that Bridget Jones York? The fella, Notting Hill fella. Oh, Hugh, Hugh, Grant. Hugh Grant. Oh, stop. He'd. Oh, oh, fuck no, him. You're right there. He'd be, he's definitely not the. And I tell you another one. And there was a trend with the few lads I don't like. Which is actually not true, I'm reckon, because some of my best friends are British. But Daniel Radcliffe would be shit crack. Yeah, well. I think the old Harry Potter thing, I think, hit him pretty hard, like, you know. Yeah, oh no, I have sympathy for him. Actually, your man who played um, Ron Weasley, yeah. Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint. He actually got really bad off that fucking mm. Harry he, I don't think, is it him? I think it's him. Hasn't watched the last four or five Harry Potter films. I think he watched the first yeah. three at premieres. And but you can even him. see, I reckon, you see the difference physically in him between, say, around that time and the next one yeah 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 he's trying to break away from being Ron Weasley I think yeah, but we're yeah. talking about Snowcast endorsements so let's yeah 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 uh, um, alright who from Harry Potter would be on the endorsements for Snowcast Brian English <laughs> yeah Mad-Eye Moody yeah anyone uh, else um, your Snape would be able Snape. to wake you up a few cocktails Snape, there Snape no actually alright so and, and Snape would do a really good Dev impression <laughs> Snape <laughs> actually he, uh, what's it what's Alan Rickman Alan Rickman uh, Alan Rickman, like, if we're talking about R.I.P. endorsements, right, he'd be a good one. Uh, Alan Rickman's brilliant, yeah. Um, uh, so, anyway, yeah. Um, Do you know who I would love? Are we talking about Harry Potter? No. Yeah, go on. Who's your Harry Potter or endorsement? My, my Harry Potter endorsement would probably be uh, your one that plays... Oh, no, I don't know. Oh... Do they ever go on the set? Arthur Weasley sounds, seems like mad crack. Arthur Weasley be... Arthur like, Weasley yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. mad crack. Um, does it, do, do any of them go on the... Actually, a few of them definitely go on... Hagrid goes on the set. Oh, yeah. he goes, Hagrid, he goes, but Hagrid would drink you under the table. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Won't like, be able for him. Um, a few, a few, a few of the, the professors, like Flitwick and stuff, they all fucking head off like to Hogsmeade there. Yeah. Do you know, like they'd be, you they know, it's, beer, tough, like. it's a tough day, like, you know, fucking teaching a lot teaching of boys. Teaching outcomes. Yeah, it's tricks. shites, like, you know. Um, who else would you go from the Harry Potter series? I thought, Harry Potter nomination, uh, yeah. I, I think Arthur Weasley is the right one. Yeah, Aiden. Um, but, do you know what would be serious crack on the points, I reckon? Aiden Quinn. Oh, good shout, yeah. Very good shout. Aiden Quinn would be good crack now. Yeah. Um, right. We I'd need to twi- settle on Twitter, someone, Twitter poll there. Twitter poll. We, yeah. we won't, we'll forget half of these, but we'll put up a Twitter poll. Right. I'd say Gleason, if not. I'd say Gleason could be my... Got a serious dose of cramp in the right hand. Right. Yeah, Gleason, Gleason is a great... That is a brilliant show, and I wouldn't have thought of it. 
Um, is there anyone else? See the thing? The, oh. Jason Segel, I'd say, would be great crack. Yeah, he would. And I can't believe I haven't mentioned this. I've professed my love for him on a podcast before, actually. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. Paul Rudd. He's the most a, lovable man of all time. Oh, like... And he's like 50. And ridiculous. Only a couple of podcasts ago, I sang that Ant-Man song that yeah. I made up that was shite. Yeah, it was not shite. Anyway. But also, and the entire cast of It's Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, last category. Twitter poll. Um, last category Singer, is songwriter. Singer, songwriter. Well, artist, whatever. Well, we've already got an endorsement of Blind Boy. Yeah. Maybe him. Right. Singer, songwriter. Right. Go on. No. Um, so, Ireland. Um, Irish singer, songwriter. Hosier. Hosier would be a fucking good man on the point. I'd say so, yeah. See, I always get a dry enough vibe. I love his music, but I always get a dry enough vibe off him. Nah, I get a little... Jose, if you're listening to this, prove me wrong. <laughs> Come on the points for us. Um, do you know who I'd love to go from a singer-songwriter point of view? Who? Oh. Shane the, McGowan. The lead singer from Churches is a babe. <laughs> She's got a lovely Scottish accent. Yeah. They're fucking great. Wyvern Lingo. Wyvern Lingo. Dad... Just all of Weaver lingo. Yeah. Jesus, we had some session of that. Yeah, yeah, I still have a Snapchat memory story of that. Um, I, I think I threw it up on like Snowcast Instagram once for the crack and I got a lot of uh, reactions on the story. So, right, come on, who else, who else? Uh, so, if we're going with, for a couple of points for crack for the Snowcast ambassador, a singer-songwriter, Lizzo. Lizzo, yeah, that's a good one. Lizzo be a good one. What about what? What you make? Right, actually, Christy Moore. Oh, sorry, Christy. Uh, Come game on, over. Game, game over. over. Game but anyway, just just for the listeners' sake, right? If Christy wasn't in play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, for example, we're not allowed to have anyone from Kildare. Okay. Just by a fluke of rules, but Christy's obviously the winner. And right, R.I.P. Right, singer songwriter. Fill in it, right? Oh. <laughs> Right, him. The boys are back, back in, in town, town, right? And Rory Gallagher as well. Ah, He'd yeah. be fucking. Went to the same school as me for a while. I visited his grave there in Cork there, well, He's fucking savage, savage old grave. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, Rory no, it's unreal. It's show. like a real fucking. It's like a sunbeam. It's cool. Uh, um, if we come back to people who are alive, singer songwriters. Do you know actually? I've been in a pub that he's been in having pints and he seemed like great crack. Now his music isn't great crack. It's really good, but it's not great. Mick Flannery. Yeah. Mick, yeah. Mick. Actually, Mick, when you were there the night we went to see Mick in college, when we, when we were in college, yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. in college together and we got went backstage with him afterwards. Oh, well, I don't think I got backstage, but I think I was at the gig. Yeah, right now, I yeah. went up. So basically, he put a bottle of wine down on the stage that was open and said, someone take it. No one took it. So I walked down the stage and took it and passed it around. Yeah. And then afterwards he invited me backstage with the gang. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, other singer-songwriters that'd be great crack on the session. Like, most of them would be. Yeah. Most of them would be. Um, the only thing though is, right, so I heard, like, um, your man fucking Ed Sheeran, right, he was saying that, like, 
like I, like I think a lot of them like with the fame and shit get a bit reclusive yeah and like they I think when mobile their, phone the, the, the smartphone era is not conducive to going on the set with bands no. and all that and like as well I think with the fucking the, the likes of the star and the sun and all this shit right that like any night out that you have like with even with your mates I think the like Ed Sheeran was saying that he only has about two or three mates like that he would actually call mates anymore because yeah. like they're all he selling can't, videos they're all the selling, and shit, selling like. stories and shit like you know and you just can't trust anyone so fuck the son and fuck the daily mail and yeah. fuck them all yeah I tell you this much right just on the cusp of smartphones becoming a huge thing um, I went to Independence in 2012 2013 and it was like say I went in yeah 2012 I went to Independence and Codeline played in, a, in front of about 20 people I'd say they weren't, the, the album had just come out, they weren't really known. Yeah. And a year later, I went back 2013, and they were huge. They headlined it on the Saturday, I think. But on a Saturday night, they came to the campsite, because basically, do you know the way you make little rings in the campsite? So mm. our ring was on one side, and there was a ring next to us, and one of the boys in the ring next to us was like, Kids, if you, do you have any spare chairs? Just our cousin is coming along, a couple of our mates, and our cousin is coming along. We're like, yeah, no bother. And he was like, sure, look, open up the circle. If you, like, we have a couple of cans, do you want a few cans? And it was a bit of a mutual thing and we had a bit of crack and stuff. Next thing, your man's cousin is one of the boys from Codeline. Sitting in a field having cans with Codeline after the headline Independence. And a couple of hours later, like, one of the boys like from Codeline checks his watch and he's like, here, lads, we better flake off there. We have a flight to Tokyo to catch in the morning. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. That's unreal. That was a bit surreal. I was under a couple, the influences of a couple of chemicals that night, so I don't really <laughs> recall the full details to a certain extent, but that was the gist of it anyway. Good stuff. Uh, that was a good night. Codeline, yeah, they were good crack. They were really... But again, like with, that was before like people would be recording them on the phone and shit. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Um, right, wildcard. Or, well, have you decided anyone there? Well, I, I think Phil Linnett is the one that you'd... Like, if I was to be pushed, I'd say Phil Linnett. If I could have anyone from any era, Phil Linnett would and be life. the one. Uh, Christy. Christy, Christy, yeah. Obviously, Christy yeah. is the, the yeah, undoubted yeah. winner of that. But I would give an honourable mention to Christy Dignan from Aslan. Before yeah, he was yeah. sick and all that, obviously. Well, you wouldn't know. Well, like, I mean, he, he shouldn't know. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Christy more than myself, like. <laughs> Christy Dignan, that is, not Christy Moore. Uh, Grant, right. So wildcard category, right? A politician. That'll be good on the on the lash. On the sesh. Ming yeah. Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mad for the weed as well, like. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I, was, I reckon Justin Trudeau I, four down. I was gonna say Barack. Yeah. He loves the point of playing apparently. Does he, yeah. We could go on the sesh in Moneygall with him. Yeah. Him and the ancestors. Yeah. Um yeah, Barack Obama. I reckon Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Sir Canada, would yeah. be great crack, and we might actually prize him away from his wife, and Sonia might have the husband she always wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Justin Trudeau. Um, a good politician. Do you know who you'd have the weekend of all weekends with? Oh. But he's not a great lad, like. Oh. Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> well, like. Mussolini, like. Uh, I wouldn't call Hitler a politician now. Um, there's no Irish politicians are bland. Bertie, but 
Yeah, and you wouldn't pay for a thing, but neither would he. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would pay for it, but you'd be paying for your taxes. Um, Bertie Lee. <laughs> I think you'd have a good night with Bertie Lee. In, like in Fagans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, yeah, I've been in Fagans while Bertie's been there. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've, uh, I met Bertie on uh, the senior field in De La Salle um, College, with the secondary school I went to. You told the story in a, like, a real early snowcast. Oh, it was amazing. He fucking came along, shook my hand, saying... Pure politician. Pure like. politician, like, you know, literally, I don't know, it was like 16, 17 at the time, like, so, like, not voting, but... No, it was actually, I think... Did the, you say you were playing cricket on the field or something? Uh, we had been, I think, earlier on in the day. Uh, again, when, what, actually, when, when did, was it 2007? So that was around the time Ireland got to the Cricket World Cup. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was the, yeah, 2007. He had classic... Seasonal <laughs> sports disorder. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this. Uh, that, that, I think that's how we ended. Close the loop. That, that's okay. Close the loop. Hold on, we have one last segment to do. That I, I don't give a fuck what the time is. We need to do this because it's topical at the moment, and I really want to know one. What TV or cartoon characters remind you of Boris Johnson? Right. Who does Boris remind me of? Um. Uh, so I think, I think I, right, I was thinking right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how serious you're taking this. I, know. I can't remember. I can't wait to tell you who he reminds me of. So I was thinking earlier on Fred Flintstone, right? Because it's that kind of like bumbling caveman, like you know, very like like when was when were the Flintstones? That was like. 70s, wasn't it? That's a Hanna-Barber thing, so yeah. that's 70s, 80s, yeah. just replayed on Boomerang to our childhood. So it's Great fucking channel, by the way. Exactly. Um, but it, it is that kind of like sexist, racist kind of era, like, you know? Um, so that's who he, he kind of reminds me of. The only thing is that he's actually too good to his wife, Fred Flintstone. Oh, he thought you meant Boris for no. a second. I was like, hold on a minute now. No, Fred Flintstone is too good Allegedly. to his wife. Allegedly. Are you on with Fred? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that a born for? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Think early South Park. Okay. Going way back now, early South Park. Yeah. Towley. <laughs> no, no, no. Even better. Do you remember a certain episode that contained the sexual harassment panda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Boris Johnson, like. <laughs> Boris Johnson is sexual harassment panda. Yeah, that's very true. Isn't um, he, though? No, he is. He is. He's he a is, like, just a caricature of... Do, do you know the way, right? So, like, say, we're friends with... Uh, we went to college we, with Kira Kenny, who's, like, a renowned artist now in Irish social media circles. Mm. And she does caricatures of real life to like basically satirize what's going on in current affairs. Mm. Boris is fucking like just, she draws Boris without drawing Boris the whole time. Yeah. Do you know, it's, it's like, it's he's mad. A, he's a living cartoon like. He's a living cartoon. He is, I said it to you the other day when he got PM, he's the dad from the Wild Thornberries. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually is like. Nigel Thornberry. Nigel Thornberry. Boris DeFeifel Johnson or whatever the fuck his name is. He, he is the Davenoy Tom Brady. He's mad. Other TV 
characters that he reminds me of. Do you know who he reminds me of, right? Do you know who your man, um, oh, uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement? Oh, for fuck's sake. An absolute, like, do you know how he was coming along? I'm like, what was your man's name? Al, was it Al? Was it, or Hal? What was the guy, his, you know, he had like the assistant guy with the beard. It was Al, wasn't it? Al, yeah. So like, Al used to come along, and Al used to be like amazing at doing all these like DIY projects. And like, Al would be bring, building this like birdhouse or whatever. And Tim would be like, oh, do you know what would be great here if you had like a, a bird feeder coming into it? And he'd get out like this fucking like blowtorch or whatever, and he'd burn the whole studio down. <laughs> That's who Boris Johnson do, is. Do you know who else he is? He is, if he was an African-American teenager, he would be Kel from Keenan and Kel. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just who he is, like. Yeah. <laughs> who put the screw in the Brexit deal, like? <laughs> who put the tuna in the Brexit deal? Did you see him holding up the shell yolk? Who put the tuna in the Brexit deal? Oh. Oh, stop, will you? Stop, will you? Um, I'm trying to think, is there anybody else like that? Uh... Okay. I've got oh. one. Yeah. Do you know who Jacob Rees Mogg is? Beaker from. That's what, yes! <laughs> He's Beaker. He actually is Beaker though. He's Beaker with a top hat. Oh, Beaker from the Muppets. That's right, so quality. Who is. Right, who is, who is, <laughs> this, is, this is the new game now. This, this, who is Simon Harris? Oh, um, he is. Oh. The Millhouse from Shelbyville. Yeah, oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, he is. Shelbyville Millhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Michael D. Higgins is Dobby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just given. Um, all I want to say is, first of all, like, thanks everyone that came to the show. Uh, please like our page on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snowcast, on all of them, just that Snowcast. Uh, if you like the podcast and you'd like to donate the price of a pint or a cup of coffee to us a month, please go on to www.patreon.com forward slash Snowcast. You can do that. It is well worth doing because it helps us uh, get better guests on. It helps us do live shows and do stuff like this. We're setting a branch into it now because we have a couple of patrons. We can actually afford better equipment. Uh, the odd times we've upgraded a couple of little bits, but we do need continued support. So yeah, we can that. do more travelling as well. Go yeah. to parts of the country that you guys might be in, and like go to your local pub and you know Abs- have a absolutely have like, a podcast from there. Like so, we we get offers from pubs, breweries in Galway, Dublin, Kerry, Limerick. Uh, you name it, and we'll have uh, like social Colorado. media interactions, Colorado, <laughs> <laughs> one step at a time. Um, that invite us along to come and see their, see, their, see what to do and all this, and like we really want to go there. But with our current work life balance, it is quite difficult. Like we we have great aspirations to do it, but it's quite difficult. So like a dig out on Patreon would go an awful long way to us if you could afford. It's it's like blind boy says. If you met us in real life, would you buy us a pint or a cup of coffee? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, you can. If you have this pint that we're having now yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, so that's just the Patreon page. Um, and I also just want to say thanks to fucking everyone who's been interacting with us more. The live show has really opened up a lot of people to us that we didn't realise. So thanks to everyone who's a new listener. If you're if you've started listening, come to the podcast late. Uh, we've an awful lot of people listening to early podcasts now, but if you come to this, you'll be familiar with us. Thanks a million. You'll have joined us on the journey. We appreciate it. What we're going to do now is an institution in Waterford that featured in the 12th is closing down. It's not closing down, it's for sale. 
um, and we're going to go up there for what will probably be our last drink in it. Mm. Tom Maher's. So I'm not the Toms. Um, and if you are listening to this and you have a couple of hundred thousand euro to spare that you want to donate to us, we would love to purchase Tom Maher's. Yeah, go fund us. Yeah, go fund us. You can contact us via any of the social media pages we just mentioned. Uh, Good luck. Henry Downs, what a fucking spot. Yeah, and Sloan Tom. Sloan Tom, Sloan Jadiv Galear. Good night. God bless. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.